Good morning. Uh, we are finishing up this series of the big questions that people ask, and I'd like to talk to you about dinosaurs this morning. Actually, no, that's not true. I am a dinosaur to some of you, but uh, I'm so grateful I've gotten to do this, um, this series with Darren, and uh, I always count on him not being here when I speak, and he is here, so it's kind of uncomfortable, but uh, I'll be on my worst behavior, I'm sure, because of the stress that I'm under with him there. Um, Many of you, uh, I was not here, but I listened to his message on sex from last week, and uh, it was uh, helpful. It was uh, kind of hilarious, too. If you haven't heard it, please uh, take a listen or, or view it online. And, uh, you know, in there, he mentions Lurie as being his standard of beauty and showing that he is well qualified to talk about sex. He's a genius uh, to do that in front of all you people. And uh, I love that about him. The thing that I love the most about Darren, the thing I respect the most, is not that he's a great father, which he is, or a great husband, a great leader and teacher, but the thing I admire most is his heart that wanted to create a shame-free zone right here. And, um, and that, I mean, really, it's uh, amazing. But, uh, and isn't it a shame how, how much shame uh, we've brought in here from time to time? And, but here's a place where it's safe. And next Saturday, um, Darren thought it'd be great to follow up his sermon uh, with a little workshop from 9 to 11.30 next Saturday on uh, sexual intimacy and connection in marriage uh, to talk about being sexually confident and competent. So uh, he's looking for somebody to do that that knows anything. Anyway, actually, I'm going to do it uh, because we couldn't find anybody. So uh, if you want to come join us, uh, that, that will be next Saturday at 9 o'clock. But um, I really am grateful uh, to get to be here today to do this message, which is, is a message on stress. People want to know, well, how do you, uh, or what is the best way to handle stress, or how do you live with it? And uh, so I've created this little message on, uh, entitled, Blessed or Stressed, because God doesn't want you to live all stressed out. Uh, he wants you to live the blessed life, and I believe that that is totally uh, possible. You know, there are um, different types of people uh, that, that come across and deal with stress in different ways. There's the idealist who, like the Lego movie, think that everything is awesome or it's going to be great one day. And, of course, these people are mentally ill, and they... Um, <laughs> They need help. Then uh, you've got the pessimist, and they think that everything is awful. Not awesome, but awful. And they think it's either bad or it's going to get bad. Now, these are therapists, and uh, th they work with the mentally ill. And then, um, then you've, you've got this kind of third category of the stressimists. And what, what we do is we take every stressful situation and we make it worse than it has to be, and we cause more problems for ourselves and those that are, uh, we would call idealists, and those that are therapists have to go and get more therapy for themselves just to deal with those people that are stressimists that make everything worse than it has to be. Christmas becomes stressmas, and it's just kind of a tragedy the way they go through uh, life or the way we go through life. But stress is everywhere, and, and it's never going to go away. Um, and it has some devastating effects 
on our lives. Uh, it kills brain cells. Uh, all of the, the, there are these glucocorticoid hormones that start firing off and, and oh my goodness, it's just uh, incredible how much damage that we can do to the inside of our body and, uh, and it's really a form of accelerated death. Um, you know, there are uh, other things like addiction and excesses that we use to try to comfort ourselves rather than letting God uh, comfort us. Uh, there, there are, uh, I mean, some people uh, develop paranoia, some get a pair of heart attacks, uh, some people develop autoimmune system uh, damage, and other people uh, get automobile uh, damage like I did when I uh, hit my car twice in the same week, backing out of our garage twice, and uh, that, that produced its own stress uh, for a thousand, over $1,000 in rehabilitation, and that was to rehabilitate my self-esteem, and the car was over $3,000 just to fix that. So, uh, and I'm still driving a rental, it's not done yet. Anyway, that's another story, but I'm just telling you, stress is everywhere, and uh, we have to learn to deal with it. Now, when I was preparing this message this week, you know, I'm reading about all this horrible stuff and, and uh, how people die from stress. And I almost had a nervous breakdown this weekend just from reading this stuff. And I was starting to get on my own nerves. And I, I really had to pray that God would help me get through it. But here we are, and I did make it. And uh, the other thing is that you made it too. You know, no matter what you've been through or how you've dealt with things, we all made it. You know, we're here. Congratulations. We, we survived whatever we've been through to get to here, into this place where we don't need to be ashamed of anything that we've done because we know that we can open up, confess, accept Christ's forgiveness for it, walk out of here free. And I'm hoping that that's going to happen. Uh, to you today, because that's what God wants for us. He wants for us to be free. Now, when I was looking up uh, the issue of stress in, in some of the journals that I, I look at and Google, like Us, People, uh, National Enquirer, one of the things that kept popping up was the fact that stressed, past tense, spelled backwards, is dessert. Now, one person on one of their blogs said, do you think that's an accident? I don't think so, it said. And so I, I replied to them, straw, spelled backwards, is warts. Do you think that's an accident? I don't think so. People are really strange. Now, I, I just don't see any, it's just interesting. Now, the same letters that spell mother-in-law spell Hitler's agent. Now that, that. See, uh, that has a connection. I, I can understand people being fascinated uh, by that. Anyway, stress doesn't always look like stress, you know, because we've learned to deal with things in different ways. You got your foot on the gas, people, and that's your fight. They're angry. They're, you know, they're the ones that have that bumper sticker, keep honking, I'm reloading. And, and they are out for blood, you know, and they're angry. And, uh, they are either under-medicated or under-meditated, one of the other, but they need some help. And then uh, you've got the, the person who is the foot-on-the-brake person. They just, they're the, they're the, not the fight, but the flight people. And uh, they just want to get out of there, and they're afraid, and, uh, and, and they just stop everything. And, and so you've got uh, foot-on-the-brake, you've got foot-on-the- 
gas and brake people who will never ever get unstuck. And then you got people like me, foot in the mouth people that say offensive things and then I've got to put foot to the gas and get out of there because I have children to raise. So you, you just have a lot of different folks that deal with this in different ways and you know, people start to say things like, well, I just wish we were back in the garden where everything was so perfect and wonderful and beautiful and all that. Well, if you stop and think about the garden, there was a major source of stress. And it is exactly the same stress that each of us are up against today. And what was it? Well, the stress was, do I believe God or not? Do I believe that God has my best interests in mind or not? And if I believe it, am I willing to live it? Or am I going to listen to whatever is in front of me that appears to be the most fascinating and beautiful and intriguing thing like a serpent? It is the exact same thing that we have today. Either God is and he is for us or he is not. And every one of us, when we're faced with the decisions of how we handle stress, that's the decision. We're going to do it God's way or not God's way. It's our choice. And it's stressful. And, you know, all of us say, well, I wish Adam and Eve hadn't made that horrible decision. But you know what? We're making that same decision every day. So if we were back there as Adam and Eve, we would have done the same thing they did succumb to stress, succumb to temptation because we're not willing to do whatever it takes to live out the truth of God. So this, this garden variety stress is with us today wherever we are. Now, uh, if, if you boil it all down, uh, after my message, Darren boiled it all down the other, he said, last night, he said, okay, so it's stress. You either eat it or you beat it. And that's really true. You either take it all in and it destroys you, or you learn to have victory over stress and you, you defeat it. Like, well, like Nick. It went from greeter to defeater. So that's what we uh, all want to have happen in our lives. Now, the first thing um, is that we need to know God's truth, believe His truth, and live His truth. But we also need to accept, and this is point number one on your detailed outline, that there is no life without stress. And you can read that either way. There's no life without stress or there's no life without stress. Everybody has stress in their life. And the question is, um, are we going to accept that or are we going to try to deny it or rationalize or whatever? But look what John 16:33 says. Jesus said, I have told you all of this so you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart for I have overcome the world. So we know that stress damages the heart, but here in this passage, Jesus says, take heart. Uh, and I think he could uh, actually say, you know, I've overcome the world and that takes care of your heart if you will live like I have overcome uh, the world. And that's our challenge uh, to do that. So he does this, he says this, he gives it to us, but he, he announces that we shouldn't be so shocked when people have trouble. Now, 
That's one of the reasons I appreciate the foundation of this church uh, over a decade ago, where people don't get shunned because they have problems. People don't get shamed because they have problems. And there are a lot of churches, and you'd think, oh, no, not anymore. Yeah, there are a lot of churches that are still asking people to leave because they're not able to have victory over certain problems. And, and they are tainted in their view of God by the toxic teaching of that church. But the reality is, if you have a pulse, you have a problem. That's the way God has made the world. We will always have problems, and the question is, how are we going to deal with them? Uh, you know, uh, I used to think that the older I got, then the less stress that I would have, that, you know, you'd kind of like mature. But I found that that's not really true. When I turned 60, you know, just, you know, right, kind of right at the moment that I got my head together, my body fell apart. And um, that, that's just a horrible uh, thing to, go, to do and to be a part of. And, uh, you know, I had to give up health food because I wanted as, as much uh, preservative as I could get into my body. And uh, so I eat a lot of lunch meat and, uh, and hot dogs to try to preserve what I've got. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's working. It's working. Uh, but, you know, one day when you realize that you get as much thrill from a rocking chair as you used to from a roller coaster, it's stressful that you have to accept that about yourself. It's embarrassing. It's really embarrassing. And to have children that want you to do things like ride roller coasters. Well, at a particular time in my life when I was experiencing uh, problems and stress, I went to see a therapist. His name was Kim Storm. I'll never forget. He's a wonderful man. And he, he said, uh, I want you to take this book. And he gave me one of the best-selling books ever. Uh, and, and it was written by a man named M. Scott Peck, who was not a Christian when he wrote it, but eventually became a Christian. It's called The Road Less Traveled. Most people have heard of that book. Some have read it. And it really is a, you're clapping for that book. I have books. Uh, I have Bibles. <laughs> Clap for this this is every man's Bible. It would really make you men uh, amazing and worthy of her trust. Oh, thank you. All right. Oh, and by the way, uh, and, I, and we're, we're, there's a little table out there, and here's the life-size Life Recovery Bible. This just came out. Uh, it's in the large print, and uh, if you can uh, carry it, it will build your strength to handle stress uh, during the day. But anyway... Um, so he told me to get this book, and here's what it said on the first page of the first chapter. It says, life is difficult. Once we truly know life is difficult, once we truly understand and accept it, then life is no longer difficult. Well, those words, um, they, they really struck me because I thought you could get to a place where life wasn't difficult anymore. And I was working toward that but it is an, I discovered about myself, I had an immature, uninformed view of God and life. That God wasn't going to take away problems and he wasn't going to make it easy. Any more than a math teacher would say, kids, we're going to have this, uh, this course, it's very unique, you don't have to work any problems. I'm just going to, I just know that if I just stand up here and talk to you, everything's going to just seep into your brain. That is not... That, that just doesn't work. If you're going to learn math, you've got to solve uh, problems. 
And, uh, you know, that's one of the biggest stresses of my life is math. My wife, high IQ, she's an accountant, uh, no problem. But every day math is a stress for me. And, and, I, and I've seen the research. Five out of four people also struggle with fractions, <laughs> and, and, and that's a stress. And I like to give other people stress. Like, I like to fill out my tax return uh, with Roman numerals. And, and so I, I want others to struggle uh, just like I do. But anyway, uh, there is no life without stress. And no quick fix is ever going to eliminate problems or stress. If you try to handle it alone, these problems, you'll reach a point eventually where you'll be overwhelmed. Because God said he wouldn't give us anything we couldn't handle, but it doesn't say anything we couldn't handle alone. He expects us to reach out to other people and be connected to other people. And he expects us to be part of a body of believers and, and a place where we can be open and honest. Now, if we try to face all these problems without God, then our life is simply meaningless. And it just goes from one problem to the next. But it's when we surrender that problem to God that life starts to make sense and have purpose and meaning. But when we, when we try to do life both alone and without God, no people here, no God there, uh, that's when we hit this hopelessness place. And if you stay in that place of hopelessness long enough, you reach a point where uh, uh, counselors and therapists, they call it learned helplessness, where you just are stuck and dependent on everybody around you to help you. Now, if we can accept that problems are there, if we can reach out to other, poop, uh, to other people, then we have a chance of doing things in such a way that bring honor and glory to God and his church where people start to say, I got to go where they go. I got to be a part of that because look what they're going through. Look how they're going through it. Where in the world do they find that kind of support? It's right here. So we should have people lined up waiting to come in because on this day, we're going to decide to do it God's way no matter how painful it is or how much of a struggle it is. It is not as much struggle as trying to do the same old stuff with the same failed strategies that we've been trying to utilize. Now, sorrows are going to, always going to be there. We can deny it or not. But here's the good news. We get to choose how we handle those struggles. Uh, you know, some people under stress, they hit the gym. Other people, they hit the people that cause the stress in the first place. <laughs> and then people like me uh, hit the garage twice with my car uh, in the same week. And uh, the, you know, the damage was just uh, horrible. And uh, about $3,000 for the car, $1,000 for me in therapy just to, re to get the ego back. But anyway, uh, everybody deals with it differently. But here is what God says is a great formula for dealing with your everyday problems. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 17, and 18. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So, something really bad might be happening over here. Well, what do we have to be joyful about? Well, we can be joyful that that is not the entirety of life. Uh, working with sex addicts, I try to help uh, people understand 
that a spouse that that was part of his life, but that wasn't all of his life. And that um, it's important that you have to see it that way if you're going to forgive it and move forward, which, which we want people to do. So there, there's some things to be joyful about, not joyful maybe about the pain that we're going through, but joyful that God will not waste that pain if we will work with him and let him have his way with us, even in the midst of great pain. Um, you, you know, you, it's like, again, you can make the best of it or you can make the worst of it. You get to choose. And, uh, and really, if we can trust God um, and maintain uh, being in a joyful attitude, looking for things to be uh, grateful for, life is going uh, to be so much better than if we do it the way many of us do it all the time. Now, for me, the tougher that life gets, the more creative I have to become to enjoy life. I know that all the stress is causing damaging chemicals in my body. And I also know that laughter is something that reverses that process and puts healthy chemicals into my body. So the I don't drink, so I can't do that. Uh, so I go and do inappropriate things. Like, uh, I was in Target, and they announced that you could put things on layaway for Christmas. So I was in a kind of a down mood, and I needed to kind of cheer myself up. So I went and got a bag of M&Ms, and I went over to the customer service, <laughs> and I said, I would like to put this on layaway, and I think I can, if I do a dime a week, I should be able to get it out by Christmas. Now, she did not think that was funny. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> well, you know, for a long time, I've been going into dollar stores, and every time I see something I want, I go up to the front and ask them, now, how much is this? <laughs> That's just fun for me. You know, you, you, you've got you to create stuff. Uh, you get to choose how you're going to do it. I went, you know, up in uh, Hamilton Town Center, I went over to Dick's Sporting Goods, and uh, I was uh, asking the guy if I could see some of the semi-automatic rifles that they have there. And I said, I just got some time to kill because uh, CVS Cross Street's filling my antidepressant. And uh, I, just, I haven't taken it in a long time. And, and so that's just, you know, that's fun. Now this, the, I have crossed the line a little bit. Like uh, there's a uh, Old Navy store there and they got these dressing rooms. And, and uh, the other day I went in the dressing room and I yelled out, hey, there's no paper in here. May have crossed the line. I don't know. But, but it was fun for me. So you have to create those moments um, because, you know, life is tough. Now, the third point I want to make is that today is a really healthy address for you to deal with the stress in your life. You can't fix everything about yesterday. You certainly don't want to obsess over yesterday because there are a few things that you can do if yesterday is seeping into today. You know, maybe you need to make it right with some people. Maybe you need to make some restitution with some people. Uh, maybe today you need to be really responsible with your money so that you can pay off the debts from yesterday. And then you don't ever want to worry about tomorrow but that doesn't mean you can't prepare for tomorrow so that you can get the debts of the past paid off so you can actually invest in your very own future 
by being responsible today. But today is all we have, and we need to do whatever we can to do the best with it. Matthew 6, 34 says, So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Dale Carnegie said, hey, don't forget that today is the tomorrow you were so worried about yesterday. So do something with it since you worried so much about it. I think that's really good advice. Um, when it says that we've got enough stress for the day or enough problems for today, I think about uh, single moms and mothers and just how much stress they have from all the roles that they have to fulfill every single day. I mean, it, it is unbelievable. When you think about a mother, um, you know, she's got enough trouble for today. She has to be a home health care professional, a hostage negotiator uh, sometimes <laughs> when, when the kids uh, hold each other hostage. She, in our home, is a financial analyst and fund manager. Uh, she has to be a walking, talking encyclopedia over things like dinosaurs and how babies are made uh, in the washing machine and stuff like that. And, you know, she's, a, she's an air traffic controller or at least has to function like that sometimes uh, she, to know what's really going on with the kids. She, she has to be a covert operations manager. Uh, she is so many things. And especially the foremost expert in answering the most frequently asked question, why? Us men, we know what to say to the word why. Ask your mother. She's a <laughs> foremost expert in that particular area. Go ask your mother why. So how does a mother, how does a single mother do all this? She does it one day at a time, just like God is telling us. And that's what the serenity prayer says in its second verse, it says, living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time. And it's hard to enjoy one moment at a time. Whether they're little people or big people, people will suck the life out of you. And, you know, I want them to suck a little fat out at the same time, but they don't do that. They just take everything that they can. And so if we're not trying to live out our life the way God wants us to live it out, it becomes more and more complicated and more and more stressful. One bad day builds upon another. Now, if you've ever watched uh, public television and if you've ever seen some of the series that they've done, one of the people that is very frequently on there is Dr. Daniel Amen. And he wrote a book uh, on uh, change your brain, change your life, which I thought was on brain transplant, but it was not. It was just on how do you make a healthy brain? How do you kill your brain? How do you heal your brain? And uh, we have this, uh, this television uh, channel on the internet called tv.newlife.com, and uh, Dr. Amon was there to do an interview, and I asked him that if he could relieve a little stress for me and do a three-minute video uh, that I could show you uh, to kill some time. And so he agreed to do that, but he is the foremost expert on brain spec technology. He has done thousands and thousands of brain specs seeing the effect of uh, alcohol, smoking, uh, stress, you name it. And it's really quite fascinating the work that he, he's done. Now, we'll talk about what he says after it's over, but here is 
a man who knows what stress does to you and he has some ideas about that and how to heal and how to overcome debilitating stress. So let's hear Dr. Daniel Amen. So when people experience extreme stress, there are a number of uh, hormones and neurotransmitters that just go crazy, and one of them is called cortisol. And we know what cortisol does is it actually kills cells in the memory centers of the brain and it can just devastate you. And a lot of people know this. If you lose someone you love, all of a sudden you just can't think right and you don't remember anything and you think you're getting dementia. And so having a mechanism to counteract and deal with the stress is absolutely critical. So as a Christian, um, what you can do to heal the brain that's been damaged from stress is really four things. Uh, I went to Oral Roberts University, it's where I went to medical school, and we learned about biological, psychological, social, and spiritual ways to manage our lives. So biologically, don't do things that hurt it. So drugs, alcohol, overeating, all damage the brain, so eat right exercise can be so important. Um, fish oil, it's been shown to actually decrease stress, especially the kind that has more DHA. Psychologically, to deal with stress, it's just critical not to believe every stupid thing you think. So whenever you get a really awful thought, write it down. And then John 832, uh, know the truth and the truth will set you free. So just ask yourself, is that thought really true? Socially, it's connect with people who are close to God that are good for you. So isolating, that's what a lot of people do when they feel really stressed, is really bad for your brain. And then spiritually, it's what is your deepest sense of meaning and purpose. So prayer can be so important, but know why or ask God why you're on the planet and how does what happened to me in this stress really fit into your sense of meaning and purpose. So biological, psychological, social, and spiritual ways to deal with stress. They'll just help you so much. So a lot of us pray we won't have any stress, and that's actually a bad prayer. Um, they, the largest longevity study ever done, um, they looked at, so what goes with longevity, health, and success? And it wasn't a lack of stress. It wasn't a lack of worry. In fact, the don't worry, be happy people died the earliest from accidents or preventable illnesses. You know, I, I saw that, and I always wanted to be like my older brother who just never worried about anything but he's 150 pounds overweight. I mean, I worry, I care, I want to make a difference. Um, the people like me actually live the longest. So stress actually can motivate you. You just want to manage it so it doesn't devastate you. Well, um, yeah. So, you know, here are these four areas of your social life and the psychological part of you and the spiritual part and the physiological part. And he is, Dr. Amen is a brilliant man. He is the expert in the effect of, uh, of stress on the brain. Now think about what he said. Is there anybody in here that didn't know any of that when you walked in? Don't all of us know that we need to watch what we eat that we, we need to exercise, that we need to be around healthy, God-fearing people. You know, we, don't we all know that? See, I think the issue isn't 
whether or not you know it. Because he is right on. I mean, he is right on. And everything that he says, as Darren mentioned, it's right here in Scripture in one way or another. It's not whether or not we know it. It's whether or not we are going to live it. Whether or not we're going to decide to do what kills our brain or heals our brain. What kills relationships or heals it. Or what connects us great, more, more deeply with God or what separates us. Because, you know, that is what. What happened in the garden is they succumbed to the stress and the pressure and it broke that bond between God and us. And again, we would do the same thing. When, um, when I think about how simple the answers were from the foremost expert in this area, it excites me once again about the Bible and its truth because everything we need is right there. Everything we really need to understand in some form or another, its foundation is found right there in Scripture. And when we've done this series, every week we've, we've mentioned or talked about or focused on the four absolutes, which many believe are the crystallization of all of Christ's teachings down into four words, or you could say eight words. Absolute honesty, absolute purity, absolute unselfishness, and absolute love. Now, you think about living that life, and if we move closer to those absolutes, we are moving closer to Christ in our lives. And if we're moving away from those, then, of course, we're moving farther away from God and what He wants for our lives. I love the 23rd Psalm. Most people do. Uh, I'm out of time, so I'm going to uh, just mention that this Psalm, written by David, he says that he has all that he needs. Wouldn't you love to, to just walk around this planet believing and feeling like you had all that you needed? What a great place to be in life is to feel like because of what God has done for you and what your future holds, you have everything that you need. He renews his strength. He lets him rest. What a great thing when we feel like that we, it's okay to rest, that the Sabbath day really is to be kept holy by resting. That he's not going to be afraid because God comforts him and he protects him from hopelessness and protects him from meaninglessness, protects him from purposelessness. Uh, all of those things God protects him from. And his cup runs over with blessing. And he says, proving that he's not an idealist or a pessimist or a therapist, he says, surely goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. You see, he was an optimist. And for all that Christ has given us, we need to be very optimistic about our future. It's been taken care of. And we can literally surrender whatever it is that's troubling us to God. And we can walk out of here having maybe come up here with no shame to say to somebody, I need you to pray for me in this area, or here's an area that I struggle in or here's something that I need to deal with, and I don't want to walk out of those doors the same way that I came in. 
I want my life to be better and richer and more connected to the God of the universe who loves me so much. Now, if you take this 23rd Psalm and you read the RDV translation, which is the really dumb version, it reads like this. I am my, myself, I am myself uh, pretty cool. And I, I just don't have enough stuff. And since I'm my own shepherd, well, I can't really stop to rest. I've got to stay strong, and I, I'm cutting a new path for myself. And even when things are dark and I get afraid, I know what to do. I get busy or I get drunk. That's what I do. But I can protect myself, and I can either kill my enemies or I can humiliate them. But, you know, of course I feel empty. That's the way life is, isn't it? So, I'm going to continue to love myself by myself, and because I have set my path forever, well, got to go, amen. Now, see, that is, that is actually how many of us, if we looked at it objectively, that's more how we're living our life than the real 23rd Psalm. And God says to us, it is not too late, it is not too early. Many of you, like me, you came into this world from um, a heritage of, of struggle and weakness. My grandfather killed himself. And uh, we've seen that, that negative, depressive tendency throughout our entire family, generation after generation. Well, maybe your gene pool needs a little more chlorine in it, too. But that's what God has given you to deal with. And he says, I'll help you with that. You don't need to give up just because it's not easy. So here we are. We're either going to believe that God is or he isn't, that his word is true or it's not. We're going to believe it or not. We're going to live it or not. And when we choose to live it, things start to happen. And it's not a matter of uh, do we uh, want to do things better or do we know we need to do things better. The question is, and, and if I could find a little compound from a bush in South Afri Africa to give you that, that would make you more willing. I, I, that's what I'd give you, is just willingness. That's all we need to live the life that God has for us in the midst of all this stress. Um, repeated failure from repeated attempts using repeated strategies that have always failed is not going to help you walk out this door and live a different life. But humbling yourself before God and saying, God, I've known a lot, and I've understood a lot. But for whatever reason, I haven't chosen to live it a lot. And I believe if you make that commitment, you're going to find that your life is going to get better. And rather than be stressed, it's going to be the best. And you just might end up in a place where you feel like you have everything that you need. My uh, little boy Solomon is eight, and he fortunately inherited his mother's IQ, and he's very bright. We were watching The Wizard of Oz, and when it was over, he said, you know, Dad, I have everything I need. And I said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, you know, the, um, the tin man... Uh, he wanted a heart, 
and I've got a heart. And the scarecrow wanted a brain, and I have a brain. And the lion wanted courage. And Dad, you tell me, I have courage. And all Dorothy wanted was to be home. And he said, you know what, Dad, I'm home. And it feels like I've got everything I need. Boy, the mind of a child. Wouldn't you love to go home and sit back in some chair in your house with a feeling of a little eight-year-old boy that you have everything you need. Well, you know what you do? You really do. And all those things that clutter our lives are not things that we need. They're things that Satan uses against us to get us to believe that his fascination and his beauty and his counterfeit looks of strength and wonder that's what we really want. That's what Satan does to us. And God says to us, hey, I've been dealing with you people ever since I put you in the garden. I understand. Don't be ashamed. Just pick it up and give it to me, and I'll take care of it for you. Well, it's his peace, or it's our turmoil. And I got to tell you, I've heard this message preached four times today, and I have, and uh, because I, I talk to myself and I listen to myself, and I'm going to be different today, and I hope and pray that you make that same commitment too. Let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you for this church where we can gather in small groups in people's homes and share the deepest things and and feel no shame. And I thank you for a church where we can come and, and tell somebody that we're struggling or that we need prayer and it, and it stays right there between those two people and you, God. I thank you for that. Lord, help us to live with gratitude and to choose your way and not the way of a serpent. We love you, Lord, and oh my, what a privilege, God to be able to worship you today in this wonderful place. In your name we pray. Amen.